This is a special day in the life of the church as we begin Holy Week today. It's easy uh, as we move into a season like this to sort of go on automatic and think, well, I've heard, I've heard this story before. I know the, I know the story. We can uh, go from one thing to the other and, uh, and, and then there's Easter. But it is important to slow down and to think about the meaning of each of these events uh, in the life of Jesus and the disciples uh, and to think about what those mean for us today. Jesus arranges for the meeting uh, uh, of his disciples with someone who owns a donkey. Uh, and they go to get the donkey, and the question is, what are you doing with the donkey? <laughs> Why are you untying the donkey? And the answer is, the Lord needs it. And what Jesus needed was to carefully orchestrate a repetition of a biblical prophecy. Zechariah 9, where the king comes riding on a donkey, humble, uh, just, and with salvation. And that prophecy is really important for those who experience this day because many of them who are lining the road, those who are waving the palm branches, come from the villages just outside the walls of the city of Jerusalem. So that prophecy is really important for them because the prophecy says this, Rejoice, O daughters of Zion. Be triumphant, O daughters of Jerusalem. Now we read those words and we think, well, this is talking about the women of Zion or Jerusalem, same place. But it's not. It's about the villages that are outside the wall city. They're called daughters. And everyone who heard that scripture knew that. See, every ancient walled city had little villages that associated with that city for trade uh, and for protection. Those within the walls of the city were wealthier and more secure, and the daughters, the villages, outside the walls of the city were poorer and more dependent for protection. If an attack came, it was the mother city that would open the gates and allow the daughters, those who inhabited the villages, to come in. So you see the image. It's, it's the daughters who are clinging to the skirts of the mother city. They're literally on the outskirts of the city. And they hear this, and it's good news. But everyone hears it in a different way. Jesus wants to make it very clear the nature of his uh, messiahship, who he is and what his mission is. And so he arranges it very carefully to ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. Now imagine that scene. Just yesterday, we were at uh, the Firefly Ranch for the celebration of a friend who had passed away recently. And they have donkeys there. It's his sister and brother-in-law's ranch. And uh, these donkeys are small. 
And some of them are a little bit skittish. Others just love the attention of people. But, but looking at those donkeys, I could imagine Jesus riding into Jerusalem on one of those donkeys and his feet are nearly dragging the ground. But he set it up that way on purpose to make a point. And people are shouting. Now, we're following the lectionary this year. This is the three-year cycle of readings. And the lectionary reading for this year for Palm Sunday is from the Gospel of Luke. And it's the one gospel that doesn't have people shouting Hosanna. But Hosanna is the traditional shout of Palm Sunday. It's in the other gospels. We say it in the communion ritual. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. What they are shouting in the Gospel of Luke that they also shout in the other gospels is from the 118th Psalm. And it's blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, or blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And that 118th Psalm is known as the Conqueror's Psalm. Very much like the 23rd Psalm is known as the Shepherd's Psalm, the Conqueror's Psalm. It's the Psalm that was read uh, to celebrate a victory in battle. And they're shouting that Psalm. Why? Well, there are probably many expectations in that crowd. Many ways that people are shouting. In the other Gospels, many ways that people are shouting Hosanna. And it asks the question, how do we shout Hosanna? For the daughters, the people who lived in the daughters of Zion, those little villages, they shouted Hosanna, which means save now as those who lived on the edges, those who were most vulnerable. And they saw in Jesus a deliverer. Many of them probably saw in Jesus a potential conqueror who would conquer the occupying Romans and, and throw them out. This king who is fulfilling this prophecy, riding on a donkey. And so they think, here it is, the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the conqueror's psalm. But Jesus is careful to set up his entry into Jerusalem in a way that is very different from the Romans. Over on the other side of the city, the Romans would be entering the city, and they would do it in a very different way. They want to show to all those visitors who were there for the Passover for the residents of Jerusalem, they want to remind them who they are and what their station is, and that is they are under the thumb of the Roman Empire. And so the Romans come in with great fanfare, with military might. It's a military parade, a general in a, in a golden um, carriage. Uh, there's, there are soldiers with gleaming helmets and breastplates. And, and it's a frightening sight. Instead of lowly donkeys, there are great stallions. But Jesus comes in on the donkey. People are shouting. They're waving palm branches. Palms are a symbol of nationalism. A uh, hundred years earlier, the last time that Israel was independent, 
They minted coins. And what did they have on the coins? Palm branches. It's a symbol of nationalism. It's a symbol of national pride. And they're waving these palm branches, a symbol of nationalism. They're shouting the words of the conqueror's psalm. They believe they know what is going on here, but Jesus has a different message. In fact, when he sees the crowds, instead of being excited and, and thrilled by what he sees, he weeps. He looks over Jerusalem up from the Mount of Olives before he enters, and he weeps over Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, would that you have known the things that make for peace. But that's not where their minds are and their hearts are. He weeps over Jerusalem because what he finds there when he enters the city is he finds Pharisees arguing with Sadducees who are arguing with the Zealots and the Pharisees want to return to tradition and the Sadducees want to overturn tradition and, and to do something different and the Zealots want to overthrow violently the Roman Empire and they're all, they're all in conflict with one another. And there's no unity among them. They all have a different understanding of what should happen. And in the process, as Jesus says elsewhere in the Gospels, they are neglecting the weightier matters of the law. They are neglecting the poor. They're neglecting the people who need the good news of God's love and grace in their fighting with one another. And he weeps. After he enters Jerusalem, in fact, he says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you stone the prophets. You persecute those who are sent to you. It's just anguish. It's, uh, Jesus is in, is in anguish as he says, Oh, would that, that I could gather you as a mother hen gathers her young under her wings but you would not be gathered. And so many of the people shouting Hosanna that day had a different image of Jesus' Messiahship, a different image of what was important. How did they shout Hosanna? They shouted Hosanna as a nationalist shout. That still happens today. Or they shouted Hosanna as a hope of a military might that would overcome the Romans. Or they shouted Hosanna because they saw this great leader who would set them free through military might or through counter-oppression. Sometimes that still happens today. But Jesus comes in with a different kind of kingdom, and he calls it the kingdom of God. It's whenever and wherever God's will is done on earth as it is in heaven. And surely there were some in the crowd who understood that. That he comes sitting on a donkey, not on a stallion, humble. He comes into Jerusalem to give himself for the sake of all. He comes into Jerusalem as the very person of God, God's own self-giving. And the daughters of Zion and the others who lined the 
streets. Among them surely were some who shouted Hosanna because they understood what was happening. This one who would deliver them from whatever enslaved them, who would deliver them from slavery to sin and death, to use the Apostle Paul's words. This one who would set them free for a new life. This one who would make them partners in the hope that they were shouting, save now. And Jesus invited everyone to join him in that ministry of offering salvation and hope and grace and love to others. So there were some that day who shouted Hosanna with hope and with faith and with understanding of who Jesus is. There's a classic novel uh, written uh, years ago called The Robe. And in that novel, there's a character named Marcellus who is Roman and he is engaged to Diana and he writes to Diana from Rome about this, um, this person that he has heard about, the life, the teaching, the death, and the resurrection. And he writes to her several letters uh, telling her about this. And finally, in one letter, he writes that he has become a follower of the way, a Christian. And she writes back to him, I was afraid this would happen. This is a great story, but do you have to do anything about it? And that's a question for us. How do we shout Hosanna? Do we shout Hosanna as those who live lives, as Jesus called us, of self-giving and love? Do we shout Hosanna as those who understand the message of God's kingdom? There are many ways to shout Hosanna. A while ago in the Bible, Black Belt's uh, pledge. It's easy for me to say. Um, we talked about the Bible as not being a weapon. Sometimes people can shout Hosanna in that sort of way. Years ago, a few years ago, Susan and I attended a basketball game across the street in the Justin building. And it was uh, the Mighty Penguins, our youth basketball team, was playing. It's Palm Sunday afternoon. And uh, it, it's really hard to explain the Mighty Penguins. Mighty Penguins enjoy basketball a great deal and they have a great time and they have traditions like uh, the the halftime nap time where at halftime they would lie down on the gym floor and they did other things that were a bit off-putting to the other side uh, kind of psychological warfare really I thought and um, and they had they had a great time playing basketball uh, it's not that they had a great time winning very much but this particular day, it was, it was Palm Sunday afternoon, kids had been uh, to worship and, and uh, we all went to lunch back for the basketball game. And uh, one of the members of the team uh, employed the use of the word Hosanna in a way that I had never seen and will never see again. Uh, what she did was um, she would get in front of whoever she was defending 
and she would say, Hosanna, just like that. <laughs> and I, I wish you could have seen the faces of the other team. It's like, what? But it worked. Um, and so she would just run up to the other players and shout, Hosanna! And uh, how do we shout Hosanna? In that kind of in-your-face way? No. Did I hear a no? <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. I love these responses. Um, or do we shout Hosanna as those who know the grace and the love of God and the self-giving nature of God? God is not like Zeus sitting on the clouds somewhere judging, sending lightning bolts or whatever horrifying image we might have. God is like Jesus. In fact, God is Jesus. The Word made flesh, self-giving, entering into our lives humble, on a donkey. How do we shout Hosanna? We shout Hosanna with the way we live and the words we say and the way that we love. Only occasionally is it really a shout. More often it's a kind word or a deed that makes a difference in the life of another person. It is going out to be God's people in the world. That's how we shout. Hosanna. Let's pray. Oh God, we thank you for the gift of your love for us, your self-giving love in Jesus. Sometimes we wonder, what are the words we need to speak? What is the way we need to live? What's the decision we need to make? Oh Lord, may we be guided by your self-giving nature that we see in Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the good news of our faith, that indeed you come with justice and with salvation to heal us and make us whole and to challenge us and stir us up that we may be your people in the world. We pray it in the name of Jesus, who taught us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever.